Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, Johnny Nets. Today, I am interviewing the oh-so-talented and oh-so-handsome Lucas Simon. Lucas, can you say hello? Hello. Hello. Wow, that's you got a great microphone, sir. Um, that's that's right. just my normal voice. <laughs> You're putting on your deep voice for this podcast. I can hear it. <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I drafted up some some fun questions here. Um, some are going to be, you know, easier to answer. Some are going to be a little bit more challenging. I want to, you know, begin um, with some, some easy questions just to get you warmed up here. All right. Some softballs. Question number, yeah, some softballs, right? Okay. Uh, question number one. Did the glove fit? Did OJ Simpson commit the murder? <laughs> this is this is this is going to be a great podcast episode. I can already <laughs> tell. Okay, so so actually, let's let's get a little bit of background uh, in here. How did you first get introduced to space? Um, well, uh, there was this lovely human being named Johnny, who uh-huh. was incredible enough to invite me, and it's so sad that he's no longer with us anymore. Uh, yeah. But he'll always be remembered. Okay, great. Okay, <laughs> now let's let's let let's transition a little bit. That was another softball question. Let's let's transition a little bit to uh, talking about work for a moment. Um, who has been your favorite co-founder you've ever worked with? Oh, this is a tough one. Um, I remember in high school, I had tried to work on a website. Uh, oh, this is not going. It's not going the way <laughs> I thought it was going to go. <laughs> uh, with with somebody, I I I remember I was trying to do like it was almost like contracting work, but like not really. Like I felt like a co-founder, and all right, let let me rephrase. Okay. Let me rephrase. Who has been your favorite co-founder that starts with a J, ends with Ani, and happens to be Jewish as well? <clears throat> I'd like to phone a friend. <laughs> Well, I mean, it, it, it seems like this Johnny guy has not only been incredibly handsome himself, but a super influential part of your life. So That's you know, insane. I'm, That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, Let, let's actually talk a little bit about careers here, um, and, and I'll, I'll ask in a fun way. Uh, most of the listeners probably know what you do for a living, but let's have a little bit of fun with this. Um, I want you to describe what you do in a maximum of 10 words, but you must include the following words. Word number one, hung. Word number two, curved. And word number three, jeans. <laughs> oh my god, this is why I wanted to vet the questions. All yeah, right, but... hung, hung, curved, and jeans? <laughs> yeah, you have ten words to describe what you do using those three words as well. Um... No, okay, okay, let's, let's, we, we could take those words away. I just thought that'd be really fun. If you can somehow work it in, that's amazing. But other than that... Let's get a, you know, a, a non-descriptive description of, of what you do. Ten words or less. Um, I communicate with the magical being to tell it things. That's ten words. I communicate with magical be- ma- the magical being to tell it things. Okay, fair enough. Not um, very descriptive. Not not very descriptive. I think I think that's perfect. And and you know, for those of those who who know what you do, I think can absolutely picture exactly what you're talking about there. Mm-hmm. So you're you're a very skilled engineer. Um, I'm sure many people have told you that. Uh, you've been programming basically every day 
of your life since you're about 10 years old, maybe a little bit earlier. Since I was born. I came since, out of the womb. With a freaking PC in your hands. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, you know, at this point, you've, you've got incredibly strong tone fingers, makes every girl smile, and better yet, you can type at well past 150 words per minute, which is pretty damn impressive. But in a world where you wouldn't have chosen a career that prioritized fast fingers and 150 words per minute, what would you like to do? What is alternative reality Lucas doing today? <clears throat> um... You know, I might have said music or like some, but but without my fingers, I feel like <laughs> uh, I I feel like piano and stuff is is not going to be as easy. Uh, what would I be doing? Maybe maybe something in in the the comedy area. Maybe maybe like sketch comedy or improv or something like that. I think st- stand up is to like sit in a dark room and write. And then fail over and over again on stage until you get it right, which is like, you know, good good for some people if they want to pursue that. That that kind of thing is like not for me. Um, I definitely like coming up with like funny ideas and like being being more more spontaneous, if you will. Would you want to do kind of like YouTube? You would have done like YouTube. Yeah, videos, exactly. Kind of yeah. My in my alternative universe, I'm just making TikToks. That's all that's happening. That's all you missed out on. What do you think your <laughs> your stage name would be? My stage like uh, like ooh. would you go by Lucas Simon? Would you you know would you want to go by you know Demi Pixel? What 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 would be kind of your your name behind the you know name behind the mask or in front of the mask i don't know i think i think it would have to be lucas simon and i know that's not original but i don't think my ego would let another username take credit i actually totally respect that and (laughs) and honestly i'd probably answer that the exact same way you know um okay let's 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 kind of change gears here a little bit um i am curious to hear kind of your impression of of higher education. And the reason I ask this is because I know that, you know, in college, at least when we were working on rematch together, you, you know, prioritized work a lot more than school, which is, you know, totally, totally fine. But I'm curious about, you know, I think a lot of people feel like college is the mandatory track and you have to go there to get a good job and begin your career. Um, and I'm pretty vocal about my, you know, where I, my stance on college, but where, you know, what do you think about college and, you know, the significance of it, the importance of it? Uh, let, let's, let's start there and then maybe I can dive in a little deeper. For me, college was always kind of like the thing that you do, especially like just growing up, right? I was surrounded by a lot of people who were all planning on going to college and my parents uh, both went to college. My, my sister went to college and so it was kind of just like, you know, that, like, that's what you do. Like, after high school or, like, senior year of high school, you apply to colleges. And I was like, well, I want to get a job in, you know, in, like, tech or, you know, so- like, software engineering or something like that. And so it just makes sense that I'm going to get, you know, a-, a degree in computer science and I'm going to go out there. But, like, your question is kind of do I believe in it or do I think that others should do it? Yeah, that's right. Yep, yep. That was, that was the question. It's a very complicated subject. Um, I think everybody has to make their own decision. Uh, I think that unfortunately, you know, from, from the perspective of like an entrepreneur or somebody who's kind of following an untraditional career path like others in space, uh, probably doesn't matter a whole ton whether or not you go to college. Um, 
I don't think I ever would have met you if I didn't go to college and like do an internship and stuff. So like there is potentially, you know, missing out on the network, uh, networking side. But I think for the average person, uh, there's a lot more job opportunities. Like that's sadly just how it is. It's like you're trusted a lot more just for having that piece of paper that says you went to college and until that changes and it is changing in some sectors, for example, computer science. Um, but until that changes, it does seem like an encouraging route, even if it's not the most effective way to, to learn those skills. Yeah. I mean, I, I think with myself, uh, with, with Zadart that I like my first, like two, I went to like a very expensive, you know, private school in California and like easily like the first two and a half to three years of school I, I I didn't take like a single marketing class which is what I studied but on top of that any business class that I did take I felt like everything that I had learned at Zadart taught me like so much more of like the real world real world practical experience so I do think that like college yeah. of course like holds a lot of merit with with uh those who like either a want to like follow very traditional routes and like need to like get the fundamentals of it but i am certainly you know a believer and and i think like especially as like an engineer yourself you know like you learn quite a bit more by by doing and and um you know i i, I think that's like mm-hmm. really kind of like what you know the kind of the, the, the core of what you're saying there yeah i think mo- i mean I'm in, uh, I, I think, unique position because I spent a lot of my time learning uh, computer, you know, like software engineering before I had made it to college, uh, which isn't always an opportunity that like a lot of people have. Um, and I think, you know, uh, just having like the hands on experience was was, of course, more valuable. Um, but when you know, when you're trying to cram it into four years and you're trying to cover all of these different topics to prepare people for the real world. Um, there's, and, and especially when you need to accommodate hundreds of students, you know, thousands of students, uh, it's, it's really tricky. Totally. What is one way that you feel like you have grown in, I don't know, we could say in the last, one to three years like you you can choose kind of like a relative time frame in uh, around there but what is like Mm -hmm. one noticeable difference that you can see in yourself today as opposed to how you were you know in in the last one one to three years uh personally or professionally uh personally where was i three one one to three years ago so like at the start of rematch yeah that's that's actually uh that's that's a good starting point yeah let's how do you think you've changed from the start of rematch I think one of the things that I've been working on myself to improve probably over the last five, six plus years has kind of just to become more, I guess, extroverted, not, not totally in the sense of like, oh, you know, I'm too, it used to be when I was in high school, I was. Uh, a lot more introverted and like the idea of like walking up to new people and becoming friends with them was not impossible for me it just like wasn't even on my radar it wasn't a thing that I even thought like that I ever thought about that you could do um and then in college like that kind of changed and I started to become more open and started to kind of do wackier things that like people wouldn't do like walking you know 
walking up to strangers in the dining hall and just like making conversations with people. And people thought that was like, that like blew people's minds. They're, you know, they would be like so embarrassed to do something like that. Um, And so I think like since college, I've like started to like to grow even further. Uh, Obviously the pandemic doesn't help in that sense, Mm -hmm. but like to, to trying to be uh, like, like trying to be even more more social and out there and willing to do silly or embarrassing things than I was the day before. Yeah, I I will say as as someone who is like I feel like we've definitely gotten a lot closer. I mean, obviously, like I didn't know you like three years ago, and mm-hmm. you know we we now are pretty good friends. And well, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but you know I, I think like this is this has been a very fun relationship. Uh, for me, because I have, you know, been able to introduce you to, you know, like my my social circle in, in California, because mm-hmm. you're so close to me. Yep. And honestly, you know, the difference between like, the very first, you know, our launch party at rematch versus like, now like going to like our friends, you know, like summer birthday parties together and stuff, right? Like you, it is actually pretty, I don't know if it's just like you're more comfortable, but it is actually, you know, I, I will, I will, um, commend you because it is pretty incredible to see like how much more out of your shell you've come. Uh, and not that I ever felt like you were like a particularly shy guy. I mean, like you were the first person to reach out to me in New York when we met three years ago. I mean, you were also, you know, you were there, you're having fun. We were partying. I mean, you weren't like someone who was like, you know, on the phone, in the corner by any means, but I will say that like, you know. I, I can definitely see that growth in you and not that you're looking for my, um, <laughs> approval, my approval. No, but um, I appreciate that. Yeah. So it's, it, it, it's, it's cool to see that. I mean, that's like been a primary goal for you. I've, I've definitely been putting in, putting in effort. I don't think becoming more comfortable with situations can occur by just like being there, right? Like you have to put yourself in increasingly uncomfortable situations uh to like become more more used to it and okay with it what do you tell yourself before you go to a new group of people and introduce yourself or at this point are you not even phased by it you just do it oh i'm definitely phased by it still and i, th- I think that's kind of like why I, it's still like a work in progress for me is that like i want to get to that point where it makes no difference for me I, I definitely can get in my head, like, it's kind of nerve-wracking to, like, walk up to, like, potentially a group of, like, six strangers and, like, become, you know, try and, like, become friends with them for that night or whatever. I, a, a big part of it is just, like, trying to realize what the consequences really are, right? Like, what is what is the worst that could happen, right? What, what could you realistically say or do? You know, anything you say, it's probably going to be fine. If you're trying to be a normal human being, nobody's going to call the cops. The worst thing is that they think you're weird and you're never going to see them again. And it's fine. Sure. What What makes you tick? What, like, motivates you? It's, I, I would say this in a profession, as a professional question. Like, for me, as, as, like, a preface, I feel like the spectrum is you know, and maybe you, you can put up your own definition, but for me, the spectrum is like passion versus finance. I think that's like where, like kind of the two bounds, right? Like, you know, oftentimes 
you know, people will make a decision to go into a job that they're less passionate about because it makes a lot more financial sense for them. And some people weigh that they want to do what they love, knowing that they might only make, you know, 40 or 50K a year, even being five or 10 years into the job, right? Uh, I'm curious, you know, first off, you're free to make your own definition on like what your spectrum might be if you think it's on a spectrum. But secondly, you know, I'm curious about kind of like what, what fuels you and where you sit on your own spectrum. I've always been uh, lucky to be in the position that like my passion is also the thing that I'm good at and it's also the thing that can make money. <laughs> okay, so you've got the trifecta. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, it. I mean, yeah, this is not said, been... Let, let's imagine a world where you are being forced to like be an engineer at a project that just does not make you happy period right like you you're good at it but like you don't care about the project you don't care about the mission the value you do it you get paid well right do you see yourself staying at that job or do would you you know trade up a salary a better salary to work on a project that makes you happier um this is gonna be a kind of existential answer i think but the the long-term goal is happiness, right? And so I think it, it, it depends on many factors. Uh, obviously, everyone wants to be in a job where they're happier. And the only reason you would stay at a job where you're not happy, well, I suppose there's many reasons, but I think the reasons for me would be uh, if, A, I had no other choice, right? Like if I were in a financial position where I had to, or B, I wanted to... If it paid well enough that I thought that, oh, you know, I'll deal with this for another year. So that way it gives me more time to pursue things that I want to in the future. Yeah, that's a great, that's a, it's a, it's a great answer. All right. So I want to shift gears quickly. I, I have a couple more questions here. But first, I want to ask a kind of fun one. If you could collect one thing, what would it be? It could be absolutely anything. It could be cars. It could be watches. It could be art. It could be pianos. It could be typewriters. What? What's What's one thing that I don't know if you ever even thought of something like this? But what would you like to collect, and then you'll show your kids, your grandkids? Oh my! At first, I thought you were talking about Pokemon or something like that. Hey, honestly, Pokemon cards are cool. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really. I'm not really a collector. I'm not. I'm not somebody who likes to to collect. Uh. You know, there's not a think. single thing that what what if it were even like you're a big Apple supporter and you want to collect like all you know you want to collect like every iteration of a MacBook or something like that like it could be literally anything that you think is like ooh this is super cool and I'm just gonna collect it for the next thirty years just like a version of it 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 couldn't be something expensive like that because I feel like I would look at it and be like that's just like a hole of money that I've dumped stuff into for no reason so it would need to be. I've kind I guess I've kind of collected songs from my childhood that like mm. I that my dad used to have on his iPod that he would play that like I don't hear anywhere else anymore but I've like kind of collected them into a playlist um just because it's kind of like fun to have that reminiscing of like back when you're 8 years old or whatever it might be uh I think anything that like has monetary value I'd be like let's like let's let, let's sell this and like oh my god okay, i don't want well, to just sitting around so there's not a single thing in the world right now that has enough sentimental value even if it were collecting the records or something of all these songs that your dad used to play 
you know, and then you like make a big record wall or I don't know. Really, it's it's you just want to collect a Spotify playlist is basically what I'm hearing. <laughs> I was trying to think if there was anything else digital. Um, I'm not like I mean I'm not the kind of person who would collect like NFTs or anything wow. like that. Uh, but there's not a lot of thing like physical items that I that I collect or that I have just for fun around. I guess like I have like I have some books. Um, I wouldn't say I have a collection. Um, I don't know. It's a tough question. All right. All right. All right. Fine. 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 Okay. Well, this hard on like, me. honestly, you can you can blurt out an answer sometime in the future. Um, okay, yeah. If I think of something at any time, I, I will just say just it out loud. Just blurt it out. Like, jeans or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, I feel like you've had a, you know, a, a kind of interesting career here because you've, you've had, like, the internship route at, like, you know, larger tech companies You've now started a smaller two-person tech company, went through the acquisition, and now we both work at a, I don't know if I could say medium, but definitely more medium, you know, 50 people or so, right? 50, 60 people at the company. Um, and I'm curious, now that you've kind of had, like, both ends of the spectrum between full autonomy and building your own schedule and direction of the product up until, you know, being a, you know an engineer on a team and perhaps like less leadership and just more structure. I'm curious how you think something like that might shape your future career decisions. Uh, do you see yourself, you know, could you see yourself working at an Amazon, you know, Amazon, Amazon sized company, um, even if it were a product you really, really loved, or do you see yourself thinking like, you know, honestly, I have way more passion and, and enjoyment and energy when it comes from building something that I absolutely love and I want to be in charge of leading it. I had kind of gone into this mentality that, you know, a real job wasn't going to be uh, fulfilling. Like when I was working at Rematch, I didn't really have a lot of experience working at uh, a larger company. I had worked at Amazon, but I was kind of an intern. So I wasn't given uh, very important projects, I suppose, or projects that were going to be, you know, seen by tons and tons of people. Yep. Uh, and it also wasn't worth it for them to, like, spend three months getting me up to speed on, like, everything part of the project because then it would be it would be pointless. So I kind of had this negative view of, like, oh, I'm going to lose all this autonomy and, like, it's not going to be nearly what I want it to be. Um, and I think I'm finding now that, like, there's also a lot of negatives to being an entrepreneur, of just like all the all the the stress and like there's no time off and if something goes wrong it's your fault no matter what and like or or even if it's like oh users don't like this product right like if you're not uh a huge you know if you're not the CEO or whatever right if you're just like a lowly employee you're like okay like I'll keep working it out maybe they'll figure it out uh so I think uh, what I've enjoyed most is definitely working in places where I feel the most productive. And so that has generally been kind of like kind of was like working with rematch because it was a project that like I could execute that I didn't need to have all this, you know, understanding of like fundamentals of how to manage thousands of servers all at the same time or like machine learning tricks or whatever. It was kind of like, 
it's a website. It, you know, I, I, there are some things I needed to learn, but otherwise it was something I could, I could do. I also had control over like making sure the code was like what I wanted it to be. And I, uh, there, you know, there'd often be times at other companies where I'd be like, why do we have this? And they're like, well, it's legacy and it would take too much time to change and yada, yada, uh, which kind of, you feel like you, you lose a little bit of control and you're like, well, now I can't do my job as effectively, but I can't do anything about it. Uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting from a, from like a, from a non-coding perspective, just from like a, like a product design it's kind of just like on or off. Like if you're an eng- if you're the CTO, it's just like you're in, you're in charge of like working with your co-founder or whatever to design and make it better. And like if you're an engineer at a company, it's just like that's not really your job. Uh, so I I do enjoy it to an extent if I enjoy the product. Um, but it's also been nice to like have some time off from that and just kind of relax without having to worry about that part. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say that something that I feel like I definitely took, uh, or I, I guess I didn't take for granted, was the pleasures of a weekend. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I feel like when we were at Rematch, we, I mean, like, it was it was almost like a running joke at, at, at some points with, like, my friends. Uh, and, like, you know, I, I, like, I might not even know, like, what day of the week it was, because, like, every day kind of was the same, right? There wasn't, like, a, you know, there was, like, a Friday night or, like, a Saturday night, because at least, like, you know, everyone was more able to hang out, but it's not like I had, like, a Friday or Saturday Sunday in the sense that, like, oh, it's a day I can sleep in or a day that I can rest a little bit or not, you know, really honestly unplug, and, like, one of the nice things about, like, working at Z-League now is definitely that, A, if things go wrong, yeah, it's not really, like, my fault anymore. And B, you know, mm-hmm. going to, like, be able, being able to rest on a weekend and, like, really unplug and not really, you know, knowing that there's, like, other teammates that are able, you know, that can count on, depend on, you know, for, for help is a huge major plus. Mm-hmm. I I had kind of this impression that when I was working for Rematch that it wasn't going to succeed or that I wasn't doing enough for it unless I was working, like, I don't know, like 50, 60 hours, right? Like, you hear about all these other uh, entrepreneurs and and stuff and, like, oh, how many hours per week Elon Musk works or whatever. Um, And especially with you, who's, like, an incredibly hard worker, uh, it was kind of hard for me especially with like I you know I need a lot of sleep um and like it's I sometimes will get into a zone where I can like start coding from like 7 p.m and then suddenly it's like 4 a.m and I didn't even notice but that doesn't happen every single day and so like meeting you know kind of meeting this like arbitrary hour threshold was constantly there like you know no matter what day of the week it's Saturday uh, it's like, well, like, I don't have any other social plans, so I guess I'm going to work because otherwise I'm not meeting this arbitrary threshold I set for myself. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like hustle culture is, is a lot of that where you, you know, like, all those people who make videos about, like, push, 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 you know, and, and like, entrepreneurship quickly turn into this, you know, everyone was bullish on the hustle culture where, you know, sleep when you're dead and 
um, you know, and, and have like an imbalance of, of your life. And I, I like for some people, I think it works. And honestly, I, I think like to build a business, there certainly needs to be a degree of like, okay, everything else in my life needs to be put on pause while I do this. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think like it doesn't need to be like that forever. Um, and also I think people have different tolerances for it, right? Like I, you know, I personally love to stay busy and I hate sitting on my hands. Like, it, you know, if I'm bored, then, then it's like, uh, you know, my mind just starts drifting to like what else I could be doing or what other business I could be starting. Um, but you know, for, for other people, like there's a, you know, a, they prioritize a different balance, which is like, there, you know, there's no right answer per se. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, I, I, I agree. Okay. I've, I've won one final question for you here. I'm curious if you could, you know, go back in time to three years ago and give little baby Lucas, uh, you know, a piece of advice for yourself. Imagine yourself walking up to a younger self and you've got like a little taped on mustache or something, right? Uh, what would you tell yourself? And it doesn't, it doesn't have to be only professional. It doesn't have to be only personal, but I'm curious, you know, on where your head was before, which I, you know, candidly I think like you were in a position where you felt like you weren't ready to or you you weren't sure if you could like take the steps of entrepreneurship but what are some things that or at least one thing that you might tell yourself um that you know that that would assure you uh back then Mm. probably like uh, uh, invest in Pfizer (laughs) the winning lotto numbers that's a good one um that would assure me like like make me feel like it's gonna be all right yeah well what's what's something or at least some piece of advice like hey you know trust yourself i don't know something maybe something less cliche and and less uh cringy than that but yeah some people (laughs) advice you'd bump into yourself you say hey do this or be this way or think this way or have this kind of mental attitude i don't know right i would be afraid to to change things i think that i did make some mistakes along the way Um, but if I kind of just told myself, you know, oh, don't, you know, don't get yourself burnt out on rematch, uh, would rematch have gotten to the same place that, you know, it was, or, uh, if I, if I tried to kind of, to shortcut, to, to give some strategies of, oh, you know, here, here are some bumps in the road you're going to encounter here. Here's some advice to, to kind of skip them either from a product or from a, from an engineering perspective, uh, I'd be very nervous that like, you know, I'm, I'm very happy with like the lessons that I've learned over the last couple of years and the growth I've made. It probably would not be from like a professional perspective. If anything, it would kind of be more, more personal. Uh, and I guess, uh, telling myself to kind of focus on myself, like more, more physically and more socially and, and not using rematch as an excuse to like not try and, you know, go out and make friends or do whatever. Uh, obviously COVID made, made stuff like that trickier, but personal, personal growth is something that like I haven't focused on as much until recently. And like the only day better to start than today is yesterday. I butchered that so hard. But I think you know what I meant. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I understand. Would you tell yourself to like take bigger risks or to be more comfortable with taking risks? Like I know, well, I know that you you know, both of us declined 
an Amazon return offer, not necessarily because we were like super, super bullish on rematch, but because, you know, you, we, we both wanted to potentially work at a different company. I'm, you know, had, maybe had we been at like a company that we aligned with more, that we enjoy the job more, you know, we, we may not have started, you know, may not have, have started rematch. Right. But what would you tell yourself to maybe, yeah, take more risks to, you know, uh, I, I, I don't know, you know, anything in that regard, or are you kind of still on, on the same, you know, the same position of like, I, you know, I'm happy with the risks I took. I'm happy with the lessons I have and and I probably would not have steered myself in a different way when I was younger. I mean, is there like I mean I took I took we made the risk, right? Like is there so I don't think I would need to go back and tell myself like oh you need you know you need to take this risk. Like this was already a risk that I was uh willing to take. I think there's potentially some advice that made might have been useful for like uh you know what what to do in certain situations when when it got hard for a rematch and it seemed like you know is this the end of the business or or times where it there was something majorly wrong with the business and we didn't notice the, those are kind of like parts that I I wish we could like maybe go back and adjust uh but there's there's no way of knowing like where we'd be now Right, like would raising have been better? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. Like we don't really know. Yeah, that, that's totally fair. <laughs> uh, all right, Lucas. It's it's as much as I uh, would would love to keep probing all these um, you know questions for you and, and figuring out exactly what kind of collector's items you would want. Uh, we are unfortunately past our time. However, there's an audience favorite vote. Um, at the end of the season and hopefully you and I get voted back in to do another 30 minutes in the love booth is, is that how this works the it, love booth it's not I'm making my own rules now baby <laughs> uh, anyways thank you uh, well I guess I guess any anything else you'd like to add Lucas yeah do I get the do I get the final word I will let you plug one social media <laughs> and, oh my gosh and, no no yes you get the final word no yeah okay okay I'll do that um, my Venmo is at the Lucas Simon. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think, I think the item I would collect is, is dollar bills. Okay. All right. Okay. Now we're seeing a whole new side of Lucas here. <laughs> seeing money hungry Lucas. I love it. All right. And with that, we're absolutely ending this. Thank you everybody and have a great morning, afternoon or evening.